Father, we thank you again for what you've done, what you're going to do. Allow me to compress this, Father, in a short time today. We'll just scratch it and touch it. But, Father, my prayer is that that which is released isn't just for the corporate body, isn't just a teaching or a lesson or a message, but it is to activate us individually with our purpose and to be able to help us, Father, to take those steps we need to into our plans and purposes and destiny. We have asked you and we ask you again, Holy Spirit, to take this over. And everything that is said and done, let it be in your name and let it be worthy, Father, of your praise and of your acceptance and your honor. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, thank you. Well, I've written a few things on my screen. I hope it's, there they are. I, you know, my wife said my printing and writing is deplorable. But uh, that's the only thing she says is deplorable about me, so thank you. And uh, I can't change that. I've had that problem since I was young. I don't know how many of you, uh, you know, had to, to, to print in grade school, and then I'd see all of the people around me, especially the girls. It's so beautiful, and they'd get A's, and mine would come back with a D. And, <laughs> and, and I was really trying. I would take my time and try no matter what happened, and finally I didn't care anymore. And uh, then I got liberated. I was allowed to write. And just so you know, here's how I sign my name. Okay? So that's how I get away with stuff. But bless the Lord. Ten steps into our destiny. I'm reading out of the book of uh, 1 Samuel, coming out of chapter 10. And I started this on Tuesday night, so I want to scratch it again because it's very important for us as a body and for our churches are covering and daughtering churches. And I also believe it's a message for the time right now. We're moving with the Holy Spirit. This isn't something that, you know, was tucked away by me some years back and I took back out. The Lord gave me this fresh just recently in the last week or two. And I have been praying over them and asking the Lord to allow me to walk in these places. And as I realized that he gave me First, I started with seven, eight, nine, and I got to 10, and he said, now you're there. And then I realized that 10 is the number for harmony. It's for peace. It's for being in symphonic balance balance with the Lord. It's a number for perfection in some ways. Some think it's seven, but 10 is the one that completes it. It is that completion, and it's also about creation, and it's about new creation. So this church, we have just begun our 11th year so 10 is completed now we're in that new season and i believe we're right in sync with a new season that's released upon the world most of you will recall that from this very pulpit in december of 2019 and 20 we did a whole uh, series on the next and the lord had given the vision and said we were moving into the next And I remember with that chill across me as I prophesied it and looked into the cameras and I said, and that's not just about this house. This isn't a New Year's thing. The Lord showed me a whole crowd of people of every nations and tongue walking beside and with me. And he said, I'm about to take everybody into the next place. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. The Lord put the earth on pause. People began to wonder what was going on, and false prophecies were reverberating. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of prophecies as plagues are released upon the earth. Now, I'm not going to tell you that was a plague out of Revelation, but I'm not going to tell you it wasn't. Let those who have ears to hear and those who have eyes to see. 
So people were trying to stop it and pray it away, and some prophets, so-called, said, it's going to go away at Easter, and it's going to go away at Pentecost. I said, no, no, that's not what I'm receiving, and we're still lingering with it. Whether released by man, by demon, however it came upon the earth, it's a plague upon this earth. But this isn't the last one. There's going to be more plagues upon the earth. And that's why we need to be those who are built up and fed in the Holy Ghost. The Lord was reminding me about the virgins and how they had lit their lamps. And how some had fallen asleep and the oil in the lamps ran out. And he said, fill your lamps with the oil. Fill them with the oil. That's with the Holy Spirit. And we only do that by praise and by worship, by prayer, by fellowship and hearing the word of God. And not only hearing the word of God, but putting the word of God to use in our lives. Not to get weary in it. No matter what, who you are, what you're doing, what you're not doing, you have a plan and purpose to do something special for God. A lot of times it's just becoming part of somebody and something that is moving in God. Sometimes he gives you something else to do along with that. So that is the beauty of fellowship and unity. In congregation and assemblies, we move together. doesn't matter if you're in Pakistan. And by the way, before you leave, we want to anoint and pray over the both of you today. And it doesn't matter where you're at. If we are walking with a unity of spirit and of conviction and plan and purpose of God, then we have a power. And that's why we see that the Lord wants us to pray and to fellowship in the likeness of his image. The likeness of his image is three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. It's not as I had to learn through my Hebrew. It was, it was Adonai, which is the Lord God is one. And it's even part of the Shammai, the Lord God is one. But we realize that that one is three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. That's why the prayer of agreement when two or more are gathered in his name, that is converging and conforming and transforming more like his image and his likeness because there's more power in that. That's why it's important to stay in the assemblage of fellowship. And for all of our wounded brothers and sisters and those who maybe just got a little complacent, you know, I was musing on this uh, this morning, and uh, Sonny and I, we had a wonderful time here in the house just praising and worshiping. Uh, old Sonny, he tweeted me about uh, uh, about. 6.30 in the morning, he said, hey, are you here? And uh, I said, I'm coming to get you early. And he was ready. And the Lord just moved upon us, and we were able to praise and worship in this house right up until we couldn't do it anymore. And, and the move of the Holy Spirit was there because two and more were in agreement. We were just praying and anointing and soaking all these chairs and this altar and this place for the Holy Spirit to move. That's why it's important that we, we get into the house of worship and we get into a house of worship that is, is, is determined to do excellence in God and purity in God. Many of you know and some of you don't know, and I would encourage you to follow this lead. We have never and shall never lease this place to secular. We don't even lease it to other churches. We don't let people who call us and they're just looking for a place to get married come to the altar. We don't know who they are. We spend a lot of time keeping this place holy and pure and this altar ready. And that's what we should be doing as priests. Pure hands. So God is calling us. We've hit that place of next. Some people are in, are in the wrong place of next. 
They need to come out. But it is a place of next. And God is separating the sheep. He's dividing goats and sheep. And he's testing pastors. And he's taking sheep from here and putting them over here so that they'll be fed appropriately. And we need to move and pray in the fear of the Lord that, that God's people will awaken. Beloved, I'm, I'm all for, and some of those people are my friends that keep talking about the Great Awakening. I've known them for 10, 12, 15 years, and they've been talking about the Great Awakening, and I've been talking about prepare for the Lord. So in one way, it's the same thing. But in another way, my heart has always been for the revival within the body of Christ. Because the bride is asleep, and the bride's impure, and the bride needs to be chastened, and the bride needs to be prepared. How can the Lord come back for a bride that is fouled? He won't. It has to happen within the body of Christ. And unfortunately, what we've seen is many young people getting saved and passionate for the Lord only to be thrown into very vile situations. And being led in the wrong ways of knowing God. All things are new. Yes, we're walking in newness. But it doesn't change the Lord God Almighty. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So it's our responsibility to make sure that the generations coming up now, including my generation, the generation older than me, generations younger than me, and some from you, that we have to be willing to speak the word in truth and in power. People respond to power and love. Power and love. Love is wonderful, but love alone isn't going to get people delivered. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of God. We need to be ministers of the power and love of Jesus Christ. So it's time for us to walk into our destiny. If you are alive today, if you're breathing today, if you can hear my message, then you have been called to help and prepare the way for the coming of the Lord you're a very special people. And in the Word of God, when he says nations, he's talking about different peoples and cultures and places. We are a culture. We are a Jesus culture. We are a culture of born-again, radical, new creation creatures called to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. That's who you are. And so we want to walk into that destiny. And sometimes we just need a little guide. Sometimes he says, I'll guide you on your path. I'll lead your footsteps. And so I pray that even if we only get through step number one, that these 10 steps will help you, that you will ponder them, that you will pray over them and activate them in your life. And it's okay. How many of you know that, you, you know, um, many years ago, many years ago, back, back, it was back in 1986, 87, I went to train to be a pilot. And I went to Little Salem Air Park out here with, the, with an old instructor. Bud Steiner was 80-some years old. And uh, I rented a little 152. And I trained, I soloed, I went and got my IFR license, I moved into multi. And how many of you know that they have something called re recurrence training? Otherwise, if you're not flying for a while, you need to go up, you need to do your night flying, you need to throw your three touches and goes, you need to get sharp again, you need to look at the FQs, you need to get sharp again to fly. Now, I haven't been in the pilot seat in the left seat in many years, because I haven't needed to fly anywhere, but I still could, I still have my license, but I wouldn't ask you to get in the plane with me unless I went through recurrence. Fortunately, I think I'd pass the medical, I'm okay there, I still even got good eyesight, but... 
I wouldn't put you in there. It's the same thing with you and I. We need to recharge. We need recurrence. We can't just say, I've been there and done that and assume that all of that's active and working in our life. We are responsible for our own walk in faith and our power and our passion. How many of you can agree with me that when you were first saved and were on fire, you had a really high-tuned passion for God? There was something ignited inside of you. How many of you are honest enough to say at times in your life that passion has somewhat dwindled some? Hmm? How many of you, and don't put your hand up now, would say, Pastor Frank, I'd like to see my passion rekindled in God. I want my excitement rekindled in God. I want my joy back. I want to know that I'm walking in power. I want to know I'm walking in truth. I want to know that I have the wisdom of the Lord and the favor of God in my life. I want to know that he goes with me, he walks with me, he talks with me, and I know that he is my friend. Yes, we do. And so that's why we do things like this. But God is so great in his eternal dimension that he takes something like this, the 10 steps into our destinies, and he helps us to learn from the experiences we've already had, and he helps us to understand as we look at the world situation that this is applying to the present and to the now. You know, when we're in the Lord, when we understand who we are in the time that we live in, and that spirit of Isaacar is upon us, that one, that tribe of Isaacar that gathered with David who knew the time they lived in and knew what to do. And it says that they were ambidextrous physically, could fight with the left and the right hand equally. We have to be ambidextrous spiritually. We have to be able to discern and discern and to move with the signs of the times and to know what to do and to be equipped to do it. We are asking a lot of people to fit that call in Revelation that says these are those who overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, but we're not giving them the weapons to do it. We're telling them love, love, fellowship, just go out. It's more important to just talk to the world. If you have to be like the world a little bit to get them, hey, be a salesperson. No, no, we need to give them the weapons and the power. The word of God will not return void. It may shock somebody. It may not be the vocabulary they want to listen to, but that word speaks to the inner spirit. And it says in Romans, in a language that spirit hears, and that all creation is crying out for the adoption of the Lord. If we hold that back from people, we aren't speaking the God talk. There's a God talk. That's why we pray in the language and pray in the spirit. It's called God talk. And in that God talk, we know that the Holy Spirit speaks in a language we don't even understand. But it's one that speaks to the Lord, it says in Romans 8. Paul taught us that mystery. And he said, and that spirit knows how to pray for you because we don't know how we would pray for you. He prays for your infirmaries. He prays for your needs. He reaches deep into the spirit of your spirit and reaches way up into the spirit of the Lord in the very bosom and the heart of the Father. And the two connect, and that Holy Spirit moves and talks with us. You are the mechanism to activate that within yourself and in somebody else. Remember we were saying spirit moving in worship? The Lord gave us a key, a key to ministry. And everybody should get that understanding. And this is a universal code. It's all the way from the heaven above and was implanted and imparted to everything that's created by him. 
He said, number one, it's good. What God created is good. And secondly, he said, let every kind bring forth its own kind. You are a very special kind. No one has what you have but yourself. And that kind has a special language and a special name. I don't know it for you. I don't even know it for me. I don't know what my heavenly name is, but he says I've got a new one coming along with some other things that we're going to get when we get there. It'll be exciting. Only he knows that name. But this I do know. I do know that when I begin to to activate that word of God, that Holy Spirit inside of me and stir up the gift of God inside of us, that I begin to hear something in my spirit and I begin to build in my spirit and I begin to feel there's a draw that comes from heaven to earth. And you know, if we stay in that realm long enough, all the things of the world begin to dim. They become less and less. Our fears, our problems, our failures, our anxieties, our needs, they all begin to become less and less because one of the other codes that Jesus Christ gave us, he gave us this. This is also another law of creation. The Lord said, let the earth multiply. Let it come forth and multiply. Let every kind bring forth its own kind. There's a fruit of creation, and it's called multiplication. Jesus just put another word on it for you. He said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. It's called abundance. And when we walk into the presence of the Holy Lord and release that spirit, hold us, you seek, I feel the presence of the Lord. Just lift up your hands and receive the Lord right now. When we say, Lord, here I am, just tell him, here I am, here I am, Lord. Holy Spirit, speak inside of me. Father, hear the voice, hear the voice. Release the windows in heaven on high. And Jesus, pour out your abundance into my spirit. Abundance of peace and joy and healing, healing, healing. For wisdom, for Father, understanding, for compassion, for love, for love, for power, Lord. Power, Lord. Power to tread on demons and scorpions. Power to speak to the situations and tell them to be removed. All for your name, Lord. Abundance. 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 Abundance, oh God. For the people of God to overcome the gross darkness upon the earth, Father. Father, we don't need to cower. We don't need to walk on our knees and beg, Lord God. We get on our knees and worship. We stand tall in the armor of God. We declare. We declare the victory and the wisdom and the power of God in our lives. We declare. We declare. We speak to the mountain. We tell it to go in Jesus' name. We speak to the diseases. We tell them, loosen. Loosen, loosen, loosen. Loosen and be gone now. In Jesus' name. Do you know that in this mouth you have a powerful weapon? A weapon that can be good and bad, but in the Lord, it's the voice of God. Huh? huh? Come on, come on, come on. When you're walking in the Lord, this voice, this language, 
is the voice of God. That's why he tells you to measure your words very carefully because they have power. Do you know how many of you say, I've got friends, I've got relatives, I've got children, I've got people that I want to reconcile. I want them to come back to be my brother again, to be my sister again. I want them to come back and to be my child again, to sit and let me hold them to my bosom, to love them and receive them and restore them. How many of you say you've got somebody that you're holding up like that? You have the power to speak that reconciliation. Call them forth right now. Call them forth. Call them by name. Come forth in Jesus' name. I'm not going to speak mine out because I'm, come on, I don't hear names. You should be shouting them out in Jesus' name. Come, 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 come back. Come back, come back, come back, come back, come back right now. Come back, hey, 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 hey. Come back, come back, come back to the Lord. Come back to the Lord. Come back to the Lord. Jesus is calling. And the good news is, the good news is you say, Pastor, I don't know what level my faith is at. I mean, I, I believe in God, but, you know, I, I don't know if all the time I have miracle faith. First of all, he says, if you lack faith, ask him, and he'll give it to you. It doesn't mean it's a one-time gift. It means it's got to charge the battery. Lord, I need faith. This is a bad situation, Lord. I need faith for this situation. Give me a faith that is greater than that giant. Give me a faith that is greater than that bear, greater than that lion, greater than that nation, greater than my accusers. Give me a faith that's greater, Lord. Give me a faith. And then Jesus, Jesus is so good to us. He spoke in simple words. He said, if you have but a measure of faith, and he went to the smallest thing he could think of. He might have had one in his pocket. A mustard seed. Maybe he chewed them like we do pumpkin seeds. I don't know. A mustard seed. If you have faith like this, that's enough to accomplish it. Father, give us multiple mustard seed faith for everything that we need. Lord, we pray for it. We need it. We want it, Father. We empty ourselves out because how could we ask you to fill us up with the new when we're holding on to the old? Father, I don't want yesterday's faith. I want today's faith. I want a greater faith for tomorrow, Lord. Lord, I don't want to hang on to my old testimony. I want a new testimony. I want a fresh testimony. I want a testimony, Lord, that walks with me and talks with me all the days of my life, Lord. I want to be able to say, this is what my Lord did now, yesterday, and today. Bless the Lord. <coughs> <clears throat> Well, my time's up. What y'all do to me? I have to tell my wife, get me out of this again. She's constantly getting me out of stuff. All right. Those are the two points that I'm going to deal with. I'll start with them again Tuesday night, Lord willing. Start with them again Sunday if the Lord allows me. Some of you are giggling because you got through some of these points with me, but I've changed them a little bit. So don't think, then get too familiar with me. I can never give the same sermon twice. How many of you know that? I've never taken a sermon out, and I've got thousands of them. 
and said, oh, here's today's sermon, and just, he doesn't let me do that. And, and if y'all want a sermon, you could go and Google, and, and you could buy sermons on the line. There's pastors who do that. First of all, I'm a Jew, and I'm too cheap. I won't do that. Secondly, I wouldn't know how to do that. The Lord wouldn't allow me. Anointing. 1 Samuel 10. I'd like you to read verses 1 through 8, and maybe the whole thing to get the breast of it, and maybe the chapter before it. But it all starts with an anointing. Samuel is sent to anoint Saul. And the first thing that has to happen is that Saul is basically from the small tribe of Benjamin, which was considered one of the lesser tribes. But he happened to be the biggest dude in the tribe. He was big. He would like be like the WWE wrestler of the time. He was known for being huge. And so it seemed likely that this would be the person who could stand with stature before the Israelites as their king. The Lord preferred they didn't have that man, but they asked for him, and they got him. And at first he started out right because he was changed by the anointing. Anointing is an appointment. Too many times people are appointed especially in religious structures. And they wait and wait and wait and wait for the religious structure to identify them and appoint them to another office and another place and another office and another place. And it doesn't mean anything bad about that person. But the anointing doesn't come with the appointment of man. The anointing comes by the anointing and the oil of God. And the first thing that Samuel did was he poured that oil upon Saul. And we read in verse 1, then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed you to be captain over his inheritance? It's the only scripture I'm going to teach on today. The man of God anointed him. Yes, there is a power that comes with the anointing by those God has given the authority to anoint. But the ultimate source is the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself did not go out until he was anointed in the Holy Spirit. And it says he went out in the fullness of the Spirit of God. And God himself anointed him. The Holy Spirit anointed him. Now, I don't know that we could ever walk in the fullness of that power at all times, but I can tell you that I've experienced the fullness of the power of God in my life. When the dead were raised, that was the fullness of the power of God. That was resurrection power. When the crippled came out of the chairs, that was resurrection power. When the blind saw, literally, there should be a video here somewhere. When I was in Africa and there was a man that, that was the, the chief of the tribe, and he was totally blind, and his eyes couldn't see, and they brought him to me. And I really needed the power of God because we were trying to break the demonic power on that tribe. They were Zulus. And I said, Lord, they're testing me. But they're testing you. They're testing you. I'm just here for you. Do you fail or do you win, Lord? And I remember putting my hands on his eyes. Pastor Andy was with me from El Rey Jesus. And we prayed and I prayed. And the Lord said, kiss his eyes. Samuel 
poured the anointing upon Saul's head and then kissed him. Do you know what the kiss is? It's acceptance. It says, I'm just you. We're one. We're the same. It's an ultimate show of humble love. I kissed those eyes, stuff oozing out of them. I didn't know what he had. I didn't care. I kissed those eyes with my eyes closed. And all of a sudden, we took the hand off. And the right eye, he began to go. And I went like this, and he went back. And I went like this. I said, ask him in his language how many fingers I'm holding up. He said, one. He said, three. He said four. And the place all came close and looked at his eye he hadn't seen in 20 years. And do you know what happened? Two eyes. This one was brown. This one, before I kissed it, was brown. When it opened up, it was blue. A blue eye and a brown eye. And I'm sure for the rest of his days, he's gone about to tell how he got a blue eye to give glory to God. The anointing. The anointing is very special. Beloved, we can do nothing without the anointing of God in our lives. Nothing. We could preach. We could have every stat in the Bible. We could be able to recite every verse. We could pray loud. We could even praise and worship with excellence and gifts and play instruments. But without the anointing of God, it has nothing. 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 We desperately need the anointing of God in our lives. And I want you to know something. The Holy Spirit has already given you all the capacity that you need for yourself and Him. But we need to activate it, we need to cultivate it, and we need to use it. Activate it in the name of Jesus. Pray in the Spirit. Pray with understanding. Even do it right now. This is your soulish realm. Put your hands over your soulish realm. Lay your hands on yourself and say, Lord, stir up that gift of God inside of me. Activate that gift inside of me. Holy Spirit, begin to swell up and move and, and, and increase with me, Father. I can't see it. I can't understand you. But this I know, this I know, that you shall never leave me, that you are with me, that you are forever increasing and in dealing with me. Move, move with abundance in me, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, swell up. Swell up. Let there be living rivers of water that come out of my innermost being, flowing from the heavens above and to me and through me and in me. Let it be a stream that goes back and forth, Father, a supernatural stream that, Lord, whatever I pour out, you fill up as fast, and I'm filled to the brim, overflowing, Lord, in the blessedness and in the richness of your streams of water. Now, Father, now, Father, let me cultivate that which you've given me. Lord, bring to my mind, bring to my understanding, bring to my revelation of my own spirit 
those things inside of me that you have deposited in me to make me unique for you. Father, let me identify them. Let me know them. Let me practice them. Let me, Father, hone, hone that which you've given me as a good steward to be used for you, Father. Whatever it is, whatever those gifts are, Father, whatever they are. And now, Lord, give me the opportunities to use them. Give me the people. Give me the places. Give me the peace. Let me pause and take time out of myself to use that which you put inside of me for those that you send to me and that you trust me with. Activate, cultivate, put in action in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Finally, it's because the Lord has made you a steward over his inheritance. Wow. 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 Do you know what it means to be the executor of a will? Huh? I mean, you pretty much got all the authority. That person's gone. That wealth is left. You decide how it's distributed and what happens with it. If you are the full executor of a will, the Lord has anointed you as an executor over his inheritance. What do you need? There it is. What are you going to serve? There it is. Lord, you trust in me with this? With this, Lord? Wow. Wow. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the word of the Lord. I thank you for the, the word that is like a double-edged sword that cuts and goes to the very marrow and asunder of our bones and spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we shall not lack, but that, Father, we shall learn to walk in that which you have given us, more than conquerors, more than victors, Father. Walking, Lord, in the abundance and in the power, in the confidence, knowing, Father, that not even our lives matter here on this earth, that when it's time to go, it's nothing more than a transition from what is good to what is best. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we can sing with the angels here on earth now and that we will sing with them in eternity forevermore. We thank you, Lord, that we can praise the name of Jesus here and that we will praise the name at his feet there. We thank you, Father, that you hold us to your bosom here and you will call us to your bosom there. We thank you, Father. What a special people we are, O oh Lord. And we owe it all to you, our Lord Jesus, and to the love of the Father. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take an offering, <clears throat> and then I want to pray for Anwar and Nita. And then, if you want and you're willing, I want you to come up. <clears throat> if you have a cloth, if you have a handkerchief, if not, somebody will give you some tissue. I want to pray and anoint that as I was uh, exchanging messages with Gene yesterday. The Lord spoke to me and he said, son, because there's his brother Frank, we can't get to him. He's in the hospital. He's quarantined. We have some other people we can't get to. Pat's sister and, and brother-in-law, we can't get to them. They're quarantined. 
Who's? Deanna's father. There's people we can't get to. So we want to anoint a cloth of prayer in faith. And we want to believe God that just as, because God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and I can tell you that God has honored this before in ministry with me. This isn't an experiment. This is an act of faith, anointing with oil of God to say, go forth, and Amor's done the same thing. How many times, Amor? Thousands of times. Thousands of times. Go forth for the miracle of God. And Amor and I are going to anoint these cloths and pray over them for you. But first of all, I want to take an offering. Now, I don't have time to run the video again. The first offering we're taking is for our tithe. And the second offering we're taking, and you could put them all together if you like, is our first fruit offering that we are using for matching funds to our church being built in Africa, and our, it's our headquarters, our Touch Heaven headquarters in Sambaru, and our Touch Heaven India headquarters in India. We didn't schedule it that way. God did it. And before they did that, he told me, dig the trenches, because I'm going to fill them with water, and they are digging trenches there right now for the foundations of our churches. That's part of us manifesting the Word of God for it. So, <clears throat> I would appreciate if you're going to put it in the same envelope, tell us what it's for. Don't make your special offering your tithe. That's a special offering. Your tithe is a tithe to God. Your special offering is saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you a little bit more to sow into something a little bit more. If you want two envelopes, you can put one tithe, one special offering, or you can write on the envelope and say, this is my tithe and this is my offering. We're only going to take it one time, okay, because I don't want to keep you here too much longer. But if you'd like an envelope, just keep your hand up. If you're making out a check or a credit card, it's just to touch heaven. If you're giving online, you can go to touchheaven.com. There's a donate button. You can text and give. Um, how convenient is that? 330-845-6005. You can give by mail, and some of you do. Simply mail to us at Touch Heaven Church, 10 Skyline Drive, Canfield, Ohio. It's on the screen. And if you think about it and you buy stuff from Amazon, just go to that little smile thing and put us in there. And uh, supposedly they give us a little something. I think we did get a little something. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to get into that. But we may as well get it instead of somebody else getting it. So if you're going to do that, do that. But I want you to be able to tithe and give. Um, we're going to collect your offerings. I want you to know that tithing is our opportunity to open the windows of heaven that Malachi talks about in your own life. Tithing is for you to be able to sow into what you believe and know is to be an honorable ministry of God. In my heart, I can tell you honestly, this is an honorable ministry of God. We do not squander funds. We don't take funds. We use every penny for the kingdom of God. We pray over it. We're very dutiful about it. We don't have a paid pastoral clergy. So we, and we work, and we work and we tithe, just like you do. However, when the special offering comes up, like the one that we're doing, those are special times that God honors. And when God honors that, it's like the Melchizedek offering. Remember the Melchizedek offering? Abram took that which he had and honored it to Melchizedek. When we do that, 
God blesses, and he blesses so much richer than just your fortunes here on earth. It's an eternal blessing, and it, and it passes from seed to seed to seed. That's why it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that passes. That's a special offering. So I want to pray over those once we've collected them all. Is there anybody else that has something that needs collected yet? Just put your hand up. I think we have it all. Would you just hold that up, please, Kimmy? And I'm going to pray for it. Father, I thank you, Lord, for, for the hearts of those who gave and could give here and online. I ask you, Lord, to multiply and bless and to bless to the seed of their seed, Father. And, Father, to let the richness of your glory in heaven fall upon them that, Lord, they may be able to toil less and make more in order to be more for your kingdom. I thank you for it, Lord. And let the special offerings, Lord, reverberate in heaven. Let it become, Father, a record in the treasures in heaven and release it upon families and bloodlines and seed of seeds. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen.